Well, it's been a crazy couple of weeks over here, and Haley and I have been unable to get a new show recorded for the week, so we're airing a favorite of ours from a couple years ago. We hope you enjoy it. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning, Haley. You're listening to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, sponsored by Benjamin Moore. And uh, I've got a question for you. Yeah. And uh, I, well, I'll just see what's what you do with this. <laughs> okay. When you were at home, when you were little, when you okay. were a child, yep. living with your parents, mm-hmm. how good were you at cleaning and helping how keep good the house clean? Was I at cleaning. That's a stalling technique. I know what well, that is. You repeat the question back to the questioner while you scramble <laughs> I know for is. an answer. <laughs> I don't know how to judge that necessarily. I my room was always messy. I did the chores I was asked to do, uh-huh. but both well, my dad was pretty particular about the way something was vacuumed. Like you okay. had to go in like specific like lines. You know, the people Sounds. that want like the lines in the grass. Yes. He wanted the lines in the carpet. And he there couldn't like be wise, like overlap. And I would just, you know, start oh, in the middle and like fan out. Do that. No, I appreciate it now. I understand. But at the time I just thought he's being a jerk. But at, <laughs> at least you were vacuuming, right? Yes. Yeah. My kids, you know, I I don't know how many times. There's probably twelve times a week. 12 times a day where I feel like I've turned into my parents. I think mm-hmm. that's just a given as you yeah, get older. Yeah, I think that happens. But it's man, I, I hear things come out of my mouth and I can't believe I'm saying them. You know, things like, what, do you think this is my favorite hobby? <laughs> Doing dishes? You think so? <laughs> how about you help a little bit? You know, all that stuff. So I was yeah. curious how you did. My kids do a good job. No, no. They t- no, they don't. <laughs> a couple do. A couple do. And a couple really phone it in. Okay. And, and, and Hannah especially, I'm calling her out, because she will intentionally do a poor job just to be taken off of a job. Yes, Hannah is my kind of smart. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm digging in this whole cleaning thing because as we're looking ahead towards the holidays, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's starting to get, you know, if you're going to be hosting guests, for sure, you're starting to get your house in order. Yeah. And if you're not... Oh, my goodness. Let me sound the alarm right now. It's time to start getting your house ready for guests. Yeah, because if you don't start now, it's going to get even more stressful. And then you're going to really start yelling at the people in your family because you're taking it out on them. So with that in mind, let's talk about some cleaning tips to help you move through some of the key areas in your home and make them look as good as possible. Yes. And these are things that I'm going to recommend my children and maybe your children, too. Everybody out there listening, they should be involved in this, don't you think? Yeah, these are lifelong skills. Right. Let's yeah. think about that. This is an opportunity <laughs> to teach some lifelong cleaning skills. And let's start in the kitchen and let's start with the fridge. Yeah, because the fridge, I think, does not get the attention it deserves sometimes. Right. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about cleaning out the uh, coils, the condenser coils behind the fridge or under it, depending on where it is on your model. That's important. But yeah. now we're talking about inside the fridge because there's going to be so much action here. Right. Especially Thanksgiving. People are in and out all the time. You want your best foot forward with this. They're judging all the spills on the bottom and the crusties that none of us want to look at. The judging (laughs) is what this is really all about. And we all know that. We're just trying to not be judged. So how do you clean the refrigerator as easily as possible? Now, we all have done this before, hopefully. Hopefully. If if not. (laughs) I'm not coming over. Yeah, you're in for an experience. But there are a few things to think about. And, you know, it'll move you through it quicker. But first off, obviously, empty the freezer or in fridge into coolers. Really great step. Don't worry about the food so much because the frozen food, if you stack it correctly in the cooler, will keep the other food. Yeah, yeah. Keep the other stuff looking good. So 
get that going, then unplug the fridge and let it warm up just a little bit. I love that tip. I've never done that before, but I know exactly why you would do that. Because every time I clean the fridge, I end up getting like the cleaner or the water and soap mixture that I'm using. It starts to freeze while it's in the fridge. Right. And it can't. It doesn't, doesn't work clean. as well on a cold surface, so let it warm up a yeah. little bit. Also, here's another tip that I really like, I stumbled onto, and we've talked about it in regards to other projects, but it really makes sense here too. Take a photo of the setup that you've got going on in the fridge oh, after you've removed all the items. Like the shelves yes. go in a specific way. I don't yeah. know how many times I've gotten it all back together, mm-hmm. and then I go to put in my milk or whatever, or you know whatever it is, the coffee creamer, and it doesn't fit. Now it's not the right the, height. Right. Yeah, and it's always the last thing that I'm putting in, so I've got to remove everything, everything back out. <laughs> right, and move all the shelves up. Don't do that. Take a picture of it before you get started. Yeah, that's so smart. Once you got that going wash the shelves down, the crisper drawers. There's all kinds of homemade uh, cleaning solutions you can find online. A tablespoon of dishwashing liquid mixed with two cups of non-abrasive vinegar cleaner. That works great. Super yeah, good. Baking soda if you need like a little bit of aggregate in there to really get some tough stuff up. Right. I think the most important thing with any of this is don't use something with a super heavy odor or strong chemical smell because that can get absorbed into the food. Right. Then put the fridge back together, put an open box of baking soda in there to absorb other smells. Yeah, keep it fresh. Keep it fresh and you're good to go. Let's move on to the stove. Yeah, we've actually talked about some really good stove cleaners in the past on the show. Method, the Zep Heavy Duty Degreaser, both are pretty much natural cleaners and they work really well, like better than some of the heavy chemical stuff. Right. Method and Zep, we'll put links in the show notes. They're definitely something to check out, pick up. It's going to help you breeze through that. Another thing you can do in that kitchen that will help tons is to declutter the counters. A lot of people crab, I crab. We all crab. You don't have enough counter space. Right. We don't have the counter space. You can clear that stuff off and move it to temporary spots. Yeah, like the toaster. You don't need that out right now. Just put it away. That can go on the coffee table in the living room if it's (laughs) shiny and chromey. People like that, right? It's, it's a conversation piece. Right. It starts conversations. <laughs> exactly. Now, get it out of the way. That'll open up that counter space for food prep. All right. What about the bathroom? Let's transition to that room. The CLR Brilliant Bath Cleaner is a really good one for the bathroom. It cuts through like the calcium, lime deposits, the hard water, and your favorite, soap, soap scum. scum. This is like your nemesis. It is. It is. And I stumbled onto that cleaner early on in the year. It's really, really effective on soap scum. I love it in the bathroom. If you're looking for something that's going to help you move through a lot of different surfaces and get them looking great again very, very quickly, Mm -hmm. pick it up. Super inexpensive, something to look at. CLR Brilliant Bath. And then the regular CLR works really well in toilets, actually. Same kind of deal. Gets rid of any of those hard water deposits. and They're very unsightly. They are. Yeah, you don't want to deal with that, especially with guests over. It raises questions. There's a lot of of confusion going on. (laughs) can take care of that ahead of time. That's great. It works really well for that. I just poured it into the bowl. You know, there was already, you know, clean water in there and I let it sit for a while and then I would scrub those stains and that worked fairly well. It would have been even better if I'd removed the water from the bowl. Yeah, you said this earlier. I've never done that before. Yeah. How do you get the water out of the bowl? Well, you turn the water off, the the supply off for the toilet. All right. You have that little knob there. Turn it off. You flush it. And you hold that down, hold the flusher down until all the water's out of the tank. Then you get a plunger and you just very carefully and gently plunge that last little bit of water out. You just basically push it down and it will push it into the the drain pipe. 
So you'll remove most of it. Then if you really want to be picky, you could get a towel. No, I'm not yeah, doing like that. Yeah, like the kids' towels or something <laughs> <laughs> to mop up the rest of that water. But you'll get most of it out of the bowl, and then the cleaner's going to be even more effective. You just want to make sure that you're not going after any of these hard stains with any kind of an abrasive cleaner. You don't want to scratch the porcelain. Okay, yeah, that's a good tip. And I found that I didn't need to do that. Get some gloves, pour that CLR in there, let it sit for a little bit, and then do some scrubbing. You'll be amazed at the results, and everybody will be pleased. One more bathroom thing is declutter. I have a lot of products that get left out, and medicine cabinets that get messed up on a daily basis. And let's be honest... Guests are nosy. They They're are. going to look. They're going to peek. Get those things decluttered. Now, if you're going to get cleaning supplies, I think there's one, Haley, that you recommended. We've got just a few seconds. The Mr. Clean Magic Erasers. Yeah. I think that they work really well on just about everything. Like, I got it to remove scuffs on the wall. It works great for that. But honestly, stoves, amazing. Fridges, perfect. Yeah, they work for almost everything. You definitely need to try them out and test them on your surface to make sure there's no problems. But something to consider. It might be a great tool to have in your arsenal as you're getting ready to prep the house. Now, all right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll be on the phone with Zach Krieger from Ayers Basement Systems. That's all just ahead. Stay tuned. Well, it's been a crazy couple of weeks over here, and Haley and I have been unable to get a new show recorded for the week, so we're airing a favorite of ours from a couple of years ago. We hope you enjoy it. And we're back, and Haley, it's been a while since we've had a legit interview. I know, it's been a little lonely. Yeah, we have been ignored. By all, <laughs> everybody's busy. We reach out to a lot of different people, and what we're hearing is the last thing they want to do right now is come on the air and promote themselves because they're so crazy over the yeah, top busy. Yeah, they're just understaffed and it's a nightmare. So yeah, A lot of stuff going on. But right now we've got an interview lined up with Zach Krieger from Ayers Basement Systems. And he, this interview has been in place for how long now? Well, a couple months, A couple right? of months because Zach's so crazy busy. Yeah. Trying to get him lined up has been quite an event. But we got it all figured out. We've got it all lined up. And Zach, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Now, you had emailed me late, late summer, probably early fall, and you said you wanted to come on as we got closer towards winter, towards snow, to talk about some winter issues. And, well, you know what? Here we are. It's gotten cold. And yeah. I guess, Zach, I just want to throw it your way. What kind of things should I be concerned about or looking at as we head into winter here? Yeah, I think there's several different problems. The two that stick out the most to me in our industry that we hear about are freezing or bursting pipes and then also just really cold floors or you know particular rooms of the house that just never seem to warm up hmm. and i think there's you know there's a sign of problems that are typically below ground um, that happen either in your basement or crawl space and i just wanted to cover a few of those all right so let's start with yeah the basement thing the, the cold basement what am i looking at what can i do about it what kind of things might it cause well, so the first thing uh, that I think about in terms of your, your home envelope or the energy envelope is really outside air penetrating the home and getting inside the home. And then due to the stack effect, really making its way upstairs and causing some, some freezing cold areas. So, for example, 
Um, in your rim joist area, that's where your foundation wall and the stick built portion of your home, the wood portion of your home actually starts. Okay. There's little cavities that are about uh, one square foot. So if you go in between your joists, a lot of times you'll see fiberglass insulation up there. Yeah. And it's it's discolored. It's nasty. Mice like to get in there and leave their droppings and make their homes. Um, that's the number one place where you're losing a ton of energy because there's only one one piece of wood and typically huh. siding that's separating your house from the outside environment. And we both know that, uh, you know, when wintertime hits, right, it could be zero degrees outside. And that's the only barrier. That piece of wood is the only thing keeping your home from that outside air. Is there a solution to that? Because I can picture that in my head right now. I know where that is in my basement. <laughs> Typically what we like to do, like if you get up there and you pull that insulation out, you turn it around and you look at it, yeah. it's typically very discolored. Um, it, it can smell pretty gross uh, and, and look pretty nasty. And the reason for that uh, is that's called wind washing. And basically what that is, is as that air is uh, infiltrating your home, it's passing through that fiberglass into the basement. And it's typically acting just like a furnace filter. So it's catching all that debris, all that sediment, maybe outside dirt, insects, anything that wants to come through that sill plate uh, and bond board area is going to get caught in that fiberglass. So what we do is we pull it out of there all the way around the perimeter of your home. And we actually use a spray foam that permanently seals up um, all of that outside airflow. And it's actually a a two-part closed cell foam, which means that it's moisture resistant. But more importantly, it stops that cold airflow from getting into your home. But well, it's not going like... to stop the mice. See, I'm still hung up on you had to go and throw the oh. mouse thing out there. <laughs> that, that's that's gotten my head now, Zach, and I can't get it out. Well, so rodents are a thing, right? I mean, they they really are. And when the winter months approach, um, if you walk around the perimeter of your home on the outside, you'll actually notice that about one to two feet off of the uh, foundation wall radiant heat actually will keep that warm so as those those rodents uh, mice and other critters can feel that kind of warmth coming off of the house Mm -hmm. they're going to do whatever they can to try to dig their way in and so obviously we're not a pest control service but this is one of the number one things you can do to keep uh, rodents and and other insects out of your home is by sealing up that cavity permanently and we do that well it makes sense because then the heat's not escaping so they're not as aware of it maybe exactly 100 percent okay so that's one thing I can do with the basement. What other things can I look at? Yeah, you mentioned pipes bursting. What do we do? <laughs> yeah, so so think about um, you know that radiant heat that I just talked about, right? Heat wants to go in your home from more to less. So if the outside uh, temperature is again, you know, zero degrees, ten degrees, twenty degrees, and the ambient temperature of your your basement is let's say sixty five degrees on average, mm-hmm. that heat is trying to transfer through your foundation walls out into the cold earth. And that's just how it works, right? It goes from more to less. And so what we need to do is is figure out an uh, an insulation strategy around the basement to make sure that we're retaining as much heat into the basement as possible, which is naturally by the stack effect going to keep your your floors nice and toasty on your feet. So if we can do a really good job insulating those those, uh, concrete um, poured wall, Mm -hmm. block foundation, stone foundation walls, there's a really good chance that we can keep your feet nice and toasty on the inside. And more importantly, you know, your heating bills uh, to a much lower 
much lower rate throughout the winter. So we, we have a myriad of different options for insulation. Uh, we can spray foam. We have a lot of panel type insulation that gets mechanically fastened uh, to your walls. And so okay. um, we have a really cool product that's got studs built right into the insulation. So it takes out any type of organic matter like wood um, and things like that. And you can check those out uh, right on our website at goairs.com for all those different applications. I like that idea. So basically, how do I get this process started? I mean, do I do a little evaluation on my own and or do I just walk down the basement and I decide, hey, it's chilly. I need to do something. Is there something specific I should be looking for? I think a lot of times, you know, because we all are are in our homes and we spend a lot of time there every day, there isn't really an exact science. I mean, if you have us out for a free estimate, um, I just love some of the tools that we use that most homeowners don't have. Like, for example, we'll use an infrared camera um, that will show you as we kind of do an evaluation around your basement. Um, that will show you the cold spots and kind of where you're losing the most energy, which I think is a very powerful visual tool uh, to see in person. But people typically know, I mean, they they know that if they want to use that spot for a living area or a playroom or a rec room, and they have to put on, you know, a sweatshirt or a coat and some slippers Mm -hmm. and some long pants to get down there and spend any, any amount of time down there, it's probably too cold to use comfortably in the wintertime. And that's when we would come out and provide a free estimate to just show you what it would take to get that uh, get that space as uh, comfortable and as healthy as it could be um, if they wanted to address some of the energy concerns. Well, and I assume that crawl spaces can be insulated as well? Yeah, so crawl spaces, we just think of like a, a miniature basement, right? Or a little basement. And so they typically will have like dirt, uh, dirt floors and, and sometimes even, you know, a combination of like dirt and stone walls. And so really think about the air infiltration in a crawl space because there's not even a basement floor, right? So that the earth is naturally kind of breathing up into the house. And again, I'll go back to the stack effect. Just assume that your house is like a big vacuum sucked to the earth, right? It's naturally drawing air from the most bottom floor, which is either your basement or your crawl space. And it's pushing that air. It's sucking that air up to the first floor. So if you have really cold air that's coming in from the outside during winter and it's making its way into your crawl space, your floors are naturally going to be cold. And I'm sure you guys have seen, whether it's a basement or crawl space, you've seen that insulation. People have tried to insulate their floors and they wonder, you know, why is my floor still cold? I've insulated my floors. Well, that's really not the thermal boundary of your home. The thermal boundary is the foundation walls, whether it's a crawl space or a basement. So we need to do a really good job of making sure that we're retaining as much heat as possible, you know, from a furnace by insulating those walls and making sure that we're separating uh, the home from the earth. Okay. Now we're going to take a break a minute, Zach. Can you hang with us over that break? And then I want to pick it up on the other side and dig into what exactly you can do for our crawl spaces and then any other issues that you might want to toss our way as we head into winter. Does that sound all right? That sounds fantastic. All right. We'll be back in just a minute with Zach Krieger from Ayers Basement Systems. Stick around. Well, it's been a crazy couple of weeks over here, and Haley and I have been unable to get a new show recorded for the week, so we're airing a favorite of ours from a couple years ago. We hope you enjoy it. And we're back, and we're still in the studio. Well, we're on the phone. Yes. Haley and I are in the studio, and we're on the phone with Zach Krieger from Ayers Basement Systems. At least I think we are. Zach, you're still there, right? 
Hey guys, happy to be here. Yeah, still there. <laughs> Excellent. We were talking about all the different things we can do to make our basements, crawl spaces more energy efficient as we head into winter, safer, mm-hmm. you know, less pipes bursting. That's always a positive. Less rodents. Less rodents. <laughs> and we were just ending on the on the last segment. We just ended by talking about crawl spaces and, you know, some concerns there. And you weren't able to walk us through what we can do to make those better. I'm assuming it's similar to what you do in the basement, right, Zach? Yeah, there's there's just a few small differences. Um, a crawl space is really nothing more than a short basement. Um, but a lot of them are dirt. They're open dirt floors. And so one of the things that we like to do is get in there and encapsulate the space. And basically what that means is we want to line the space and then seal off any outside air that's coming in. And so if we can really control that environment, uh, make sure that we're controlling the the energy envelope of the home, um, it's gonna do a couple things. Number one, if we can keep out that cold outside air, it's gonna make your, your home more comfortable um, and, and you're not gonna to have to wear you know slippers every day and worry about your feet going numb uh, <laughs> while you're watching your favorite TV show, which I think is huge. But the other part is, is you're gonna save energy and you're gonna save money. And so this is a project that actually will return your dollars uh, over the years and it'll actually pay for itself. So on average, um, if you end up taking advantage of one of these systems, you know, you're gonna get about a 22% return on your energy savings as soon as the project has been completed. And that's just gonna live on for the life of the structure. So if, if you can get this done sooner than later and, and have us out for a free estimate, I think the, the, main, you know, the main sales pitch here is that it's not gonna fix itself. It's right. only gonna get worse with time. So why not just fix it now and start saving money you know, this winter. Yeah, 22%. I mean, that's a good amount of savings right there. That's nothing to just throw away. That's exactly right. And that's average what you see? It is. In some homes, it could be even more because uh, some homes are, they leak air more than others. And so if you think about uh, your typical cottage that was built back in the 1930s and 40s, they weren't really, you know, they weren't really thinking about how do we, how do we insulate? How do we make this a better energy envelope? Um, they were thinking about, you know, how do we how do we create a, a solid structure that's going to stand here for the next 50 years? And as technology uh, and, and fuel has advanced, right, yeah. why not retain as much of that and, and not leave such a big carbon footprint? I think all of us would like to uh, improve on that. All right. Now, you mentioned lining the crawl space. What are you lining it with? So we have a uh, patented product called Clean Space, um, which is basically a, a seven-layered sandwich of uh, polyurethane that's been stitched together. So it's a very durable product. We have some cool videos that you can check out on our website uh, if you go to goairs.com. But we typically will um, will line the entire crawl space so you can actually get down there. We've had so many homeowners go, I cannot believe this is my crawl space. Like, this is so nice. It's nice and white. It's bright. I'm not scared to come down here <laughs> yeah, anymore. Exactly. It's nice and clean. <laughs> um, and so it just brightens up the space. It smells a lot better. And we actually uh, we will seal off the space in terms of air up to 96% so that, uh, again, the energy envelope just, it, it gets so much better. You're more comfortable and you're saving money. I don't know how that's not a win-win for everybody. And yeah. it's still a usable space. I can, st- I mean, as usable as it was, it's more usable than it was, more right? Usable. I can that's, get yeah. onto right. to that mm-hmm. lining. I can still store some stuff there. Yeah, it's very rugged. Uh, one of the, one of the uh, warranties that we give you is that it's, uh, it's cut or basically like dent resistant. So if anything happens to it within a 25 year period, we'll actually come out and replace that section for you for free. So we've had, I think the number one thing I hear from like contractors, guys who yeah. install 
you know, water heaters, furnaces, those kind of things down in crawl spaces. They love coming in after we do the work. It's nice and clean. It's rugged. Um, it makes the space a lot healthier and it's protecting the structural integrity of the home, uh, all of the wood products, because there's no more mold, there's yeah. no more rot and there's no more smells. Now, is that only a concern if I've got a dirt floor crawl space? I've got a poured concrete crawl space. Does that mean I don't need to worry about this or is it still something worth having examined? I would still have somebody look at it. I mean, here's the thing with, with concrete. There's two things that we know about concrete. Number one, it's porous, yeah. right? which means that vapor transmission still happens through concrete. And also the second thing about concrete that we know is that it cracks over time. Um, it gets really hard, it gets really brittle and it starts to crack. So regardless if it's open dirt, uh, or, or concrete, I would still have an evaluation done cause there's a chance that we can help in either, uh, in either scenario. And those evaluations you said are free. That's a word they that are. turns yep. my ears <laughs> on. Free estimate. Uh, all you have to do is give us a call. We'll set up an appointment that's convenient uh, for your schedule, and we'll come out and show you how we can make it better. Awesome. This is going to sound like a fake question, but it's a real one. How clean does my crawl space need to be for your tech to come out there and not be repelled? Do I have to well, move all my stuff it, out of the way? You're in, your uh, hand in here. 40 years of crawling through crawl spaces, Airs Basement Systems is, is proud to get into any space regardless of what you've got in there. Trust me, I'm sure if it's a, a concrete uh, floor crawl space, it'll be like a dream come true for one of our uh, design specialists. Well, I'm, I'm sure it'll be exciting. <laughs> I'm not even sure what's in there. I like to send the children if I need anything out of there. But yeah. Anyway, okay, so that's all cool. Anything else you want to hit before we wrap this one up? Any winter stuff that we should be thinking about, or did we get it all? I think we're pretty close. I would just say that, you know, from a, from a typical homeowner mindset, right, um, if I can't see it, maybe it doesn't exist, I don't have to address it right now, I would say, you know, have us out for an evaluation. If you have any thought in your mind that you might be dealing with an issue, just give us a call because it's a, it's a completely free estimate. We view ourselves as educators and advisors, and we just want to help you understand what's going on, how we can permanently solve that problem. And then we'll give you the options um, to work within your budget so that you can fix it. Worst case scenario, you know exactly what it costs and you don't move forward. Um, I think where people get stuck though, is, you know, they have uh, a little bit of Google syndrome where they get online and they start mm -hmm. to read all these huge numbers. And typically that's not the case. So we want to work with you and your budget. And I think that all starts with just giving us a call and, and getting over that, uh, that initial mindset hump. And what radius do you guys cover? Like if I have a home up north, is that something that you guys can come look at as well? Absolutely. We have people um, literally that live in their local communities from Mackinac City all the way down to Fort Wayne, Indiana and everywhere west of Metro Detroit. So okay. we're all over the place. Uh, we have people that live in your local community that serve their local communities. And we're pretty proud of that. All right, awesome. Zach, we got a couple minutes left, and I'm going to just let you, because I, I, what we've talked about are basements, crawl spaces, things like that, and that's just scratching the surface of all the things that you guys do. Why don't well, you I just... guess I have a question. Oh, you're going to... Can I jump in here? Cause well, I... you have, Haley. There's no all right. reason to ask. I just did. <laughs> I'm going to jump in here then. <laughs> Last time you were on, we talked about like the clay bowl effect, because I saw a picture on your website. I really liked it, and... It kind of talked about how the soil's compacting and then all this water is settling around the house. So you have a punch bowl, basically. And now I'm thinking about winter as we're talking, and I'm thinking, okay, is the water that's going into that clay bowl freezing, and is that affecting the foundation then? That is 
a hugely intelligent question. So thank you for bringing that up. That's that's an amazing question, honestly. And so one of the things that we see in this line of work is foundation cracking right at the frost line. And so um, I'm wondering if like you want to come work at airs, maybe not to pull her away, Dan, but that was such (laughs) a great question that most people don't think about. So in that in that active wedge or in the clay bowl, right? As that water is starting to stack up on top of itself, as winter months approach, it absolutely does freeze. And we, we typically see that a lot. There's expansion with freeze and there's contraction uh, as that starts to melt away. And so it puts an immense amount of pressure, lateral pressure on foundation walls. Yeah. And right at that frost line on the inside, it's typically anywhere from 36 to 48 inches down on the wall. Okay. We'll start to see cracks develop. And that is absolutely because of that, that freezing and thawing. And so um, if you're noticing that, you know, right now, if you have a hairline crack or you've noticed something getting worse, yeah, it's something that we want to fix right away. And we have so many different options that are available um, and we want to catch it. You know, the sooner we catch it and the sooner we can start to correct it, uh, obviously, the cheaper it's going to be and the better you're going to feel about that scenario. So uh, well done on doing your homework and talking about the clay bowl effect. You hit that one right on the head. Well, thanks a lot, Zach. (laughs) (laughs) Now I got to live with that for all my rest of my working days. (laughs) Really appreciate that. So, yeah, now you have less time, but still, now we've talked about foundation stuff and crawl spaces and basements. What other things do you guys hit that would be of interest to the folks listening? Yeah, I think the only other thing going into winter that I can really think to uh, to speak highly about is whole home power. And so uh, we are a Kohler generator, uh, servicer, dealer, and installer. Um, and so getting into, you know, the winter months, one of the things I hear a lot of our customers say is like, you know, I've lost power. Um, we, we were cold for several days. We had to move our family to a, a, another family member's house or get a hotel while yeah. power was being restored. And so whole home energy is one of the things that not only do we take very seriously because we know that uh, it's extremely important uh, during the freezing cold months, but uh, we're really good at it. And we were super proud uh, over the last three years to partner up with Kohler and be able to offer that service. Very cool. Well, every time we talk to you, Zach, we get a ton of information. You always deliver it really well. Yeah, this we time, appreciate it. You, you, yeah, you made Haley have a bigger head than she already had. <laughs> <laughs> I really have the ramifications of what you've done. I don't think you have any idea. <laughs> but anyway, really appreciate it. If our listeners do want to reach out to Ayers, how's the best way for them to get in touch? Yeah, if they uh, if they wanted to go online, they can schedule a free estimate at goairs.com or they can give us a call at 866-379-1669. And again, we will set up a free estimate uh, at, at your convenience. Excellent. If anybody out there wants to get a hold of Zach, maybe he'll compliment you as profoundly. Yeah, because now you guys have all the information. You can right. ask a really yeah, intelligent you can question. All be complimented as well. Anyway, reach out to Ayers. They'll help you fix whatever you've got going on. Zach, thanks so much for taking time to be with us today. All right, guys. Have a great one. Now, all right. We started the show with some 11th hour cleaning tips as we're heading into the holidays. We're going to end the show with some 11th hour touch-up tips. <laughs> it's going to be fun. That's all coming up in just a minute. Stick around. Well, it's been a crazy couple of weeks over here, and Haley and I have been unable to get a new show recorded for the week, so we're airing a favorite of ours from a couple of years ago. We hope you enjoy it. Well, Haley, the holidays, everybody gets excited for the holidays, right? It's fun. 
I don't know if everyone does. I think some people dread the holidays. Well, you just stole all of my thunder. <laughs> <laughs> I had this great plan for how I was going to transition into... Yeah, there is stress involved with the holidays, yes, right? there is. Especially if you're hosting. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, if you're a guest, sometimes there's stress with that too, right? When you go to houses and yes. next week, Haley's got... And, and we've kind of worked out this list of... Survival, survival tips, tips yeah. for hosts and, and guests. guests. And that's going to be really fun. We're going to get to that next week. Right now, we're really focusing on the hosts because, you know, you've got food prep. You've got all of this stuff to think about. And your house has to look presentable. And Which there's is, a lot of stress in that. Exactly. I drove myself crazy before my housewarming party. I just thought I had to do all the things, right? Right. And that's why we spent the first segment talking about some cleaning tips, you know, things that will move you quickly through some of the key areas. Now let's focus on like touch up stuff because we do get to the point we clean and now we're looking at the house and there Mm -hmm. are always areas in the house where it's not quite perfect. Especially when you start cleaning because then you see all these little things that you looked past before. Right. And so now you're really going to drive yourself crazy. And I think paint touch up is definitely one of those things. Well, and it's one of those things that people will go to do. They'll whip out the, the paint out of the basement mm-hmm. and they can sometimes make the problem worse. Yes. Because you're not really sure all of the right ways to go about it. Right. So that's what we're going to focus on. Some 11th hour touch up painting. You've still got plenty of time to pull these things off before Thanksgiving. Definitely. And then you'll be golden by Christmas time. But let's talk about the touch-up stuff. And right off the bat, anytime we talk about touch-up, the very first thing we'd want to highlight is that it's always best if you can paint corner to corner. That is the right way to touch-up. Yes, it's a big area, but painting a wall corner to corner is way better than doing little touch-ups on spots. Yeah, because our eyes aren't going to make the gap over the corner. The shadows are going to play in a little bit, so we really can't tell if there is a slight color difference. When it's a little tiny dot in the middle of a wall, now our eyes can really hone in on that little difference. Right, but it's 11th hour. Yes. So we know that's asking a bit much. So we're going to focus on how to touch up those little spots and get the best results possible. And the very first thing you want to do is kind of what we mentioned in the beginning of the show. Try cleaning those spots first. That might be all you need to do. Yeah, those magic erasers work really well on scuff marks. I've gotten away with not touching up paint just by removing some of those really obvious things. Double check those in an inconspicuous spot to make sure yes. that it's not going to affect your finish. I've definitely found that with a flat paint or a matte paint, you're likely to burnish that surface a little bit. Yeah, so you kind of get like a shiny spot on the wall where you've cleaned it. So that's something that can happen with matte and flat paints. It probably won't happen as much with like an eggshell or a satin, but just be aware. Be aware of that. So consider cleaning that. Spray 9 is a cleaner we carry that might be enough to get those spots cleaned. Be careful with anything that has ammonia in it because it will soften latex paint and can remove it. But let's say you can't clean it off. Now you've actually got to touch it up. The next thing is to make sure that you're using the same tool that the paint was originally applied with. Exactly. I think sometimes we just get out a cheap paintbrush and think that we're just going to feather it in, but it's really one of the worst things that you can do if the wall was rolled. That roller texture is completely different than a brush texture, so using the same uh, roller cover is really important, and Wooster actually makes the Jimbo coaters, which is deceiving. They're actually mini, <laughs> right? Because nobody wants to get out a no, you know a nine inch roller yeah. cover and and touch up their wall. Wooster has these Jumbo coaters, which are about four inches. Mm-hmm. They've got. I think a six inch size as well, but the four inch size will work great. What's really cool about them is all the little covers that are available are actually matches to the full size nine inch and 18 inch 
right. roller covers. Like they have the same weave. So the texture that they leave behind is really similar. It's the same. And that's going to help hide any of those touch-ups. Now, if you've got really tiny spots, we've mentioned it before, but a Q-tip yeah. works really well to mimic a roller texture. You basically just... How would you describe that? You twist it in your fingers and kind of yeah, use the flat side. Yeah, you're just kind of rolling side. the Q-tip against the wall as yeah, you go up. Like yeah. a little tiny itty-bitty Barbie-sized or G.I. Joe-sized for the dudes <laughs> roller cover. That will work well for those small spots. Now, when you're doing any of that, and if you're brushing, you know, because if, if yes. the paint was originally applied with a brush and where the area where you're touching up, you'd use a brush. When you're doing that, you've got to feather it out, and that's what's going to make it hide. Right. You want to apply thin coats of paint and just do multiple coats if it doesn't cover right away, rather than slapping a big thick, you know. Yeah, that can tend to be much shinier. It could tend to run. A lot of different things can happen if you try to make one coat cover. Lots of light coats is better. Feather them out around the spot, applying less and less as you get further away, and it should hide as it dries. Which brings us to the last point, the drying. The drying. Got to make sure you give it time to dry. Sometimes people freak out right away. It's true. Paint changes as it dries. It's going to typically darken and the the sheen will lessen as it dries. We've definitely had people come into the store thinking that they used the wrong color to touch up because they just didn't wait for the paint to dry. So it looks like, oh my gosh, this is totally lighter than the wall color. I need a new gallon of paint that matches the wall. And then they go home and find out it was the right paint. It just needed to dry all the way. Don't freak out. This coming from somebody who tends to (laughs) freak out. Don't freak out. All right, so that's touching up your walls. If you have any questions, stop out or call any Repcolator Port City Paints and we'll help you. What about dinged up woodwork? Let's say you've got an entire room, you know, all the trim in the in the room is stained and varnished mm-hmm. and dinged up. Lots of gouges, lots of discoloration. How do you fix that quickly, Haley? You had a really good one for this. and It was using gel stain. You can find it at Repcolator Port City Paints, but it's a really heavy bodied stain. It's like a gel and you can just kind of buff that in to all of those dings along the trim and it's a lot faster than going over it with a tiny little marker. If you have a lot of spots, this is going to be the way to go. Right. You buff it in and then you remove all all of the excess from the surface. Exactly. It's just going to settle into those little gouges and little scratched areas and probably will make it invisible. You probably won't even notice it. Yeah, there's a lot of different colors in woodwork. So even if it's not the exact same color, it's going to blend in. Right. And if these are tiny little areas, you're not going to have to put a clear coat or anything like that over top. You just put that gel stain on, buff it out, and you're good to go. If you've got just a couple of those areas, small little gouges or scratches that really annoy you, that jump out at you, that drive you nuts. You don't want to go the whole gel stain route. As we kind of mentioned earlier, as we were talking about the gel stain, you could just get a marker, a brown marker, and color it in. Yeah, and they make specific ones for that use that are meant to go over stain. Right, and I've used those, and I've also made it work, 11th hour stuff, with just markers that I found around the house. We're talking Like kids' markers? Yes. We're talking tiny little fix-ups. I wouldn't recommend that on any large scratches or anything. Then you want to get the right thing or use yeah. the gel stain. But tiny little areas? I've always wondered if they're really something different. Like, maybe they are just the browns that come in a normal pack of markers. Well, I know that it made it work. It hid the scratches, and it really made me a lot happier than I was. Anyway, <laughs> all of those things can be done to get you ready so that your house is absolutely as pristine as possible when the guests come and start dinging up your walls and your woodwork (laughs) and all that again. And now you'll know how to fix it. 
when they leave. All right, that's all the time we got. We're going to wrap this one up. If you want to catch it again, you can find it online at repcolite.com. Whatever you do today, make sure paint's a part of it. The Repcolite stores are open Monday through Saturday. And then Sunday, we enjoy a little family time. Dave Rex. We want to help you with whatever you've got going with your projects. Stop out and see us. I'm Dan Hansen. I'm Healy Johnson. Thanks for listening.